JB and Jules for breakfast, only on Triple M. Hit subscribe now. Jules, have you got any holes in your yard? How I caught a hole in my pocket, a hole in my shirt. No. Do you? Do you? Yes, because I have two dogs. <laughs> I've just got holes in my life. But, um, yeah, you may not. So you don't have any holes in your yard? No. No, I don't think so. We had the owners come in recently and do some landscaping, so it looks beautiful now. That's very good. Well, you might be one of the lucky ones because a Bagara resident has come across a bit of a mystery. Now, this resident, they moved into their property in May. Her name's Kim Brown um, and unfortunately noticed a couple of holes. Right. Went, hmm, that's pretty interesting. Yes. Over the last month or so, they've gotten out of control, completely How big worse. are these holes? So, up, I don't know. The, I looked at a photo. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You could fit your fist in it, maybe. Okay, yeah. like, Sizable. Sizable, yep. but not, not catastrophically huge. And they go in right underground. So, mm. what did Kim do when you're facing unanswerable questions? What? Go to Facebook. So... <laughs> So, Kimmy Brown, she's gone on Facebook and gone, all right, guys, help me out. Why are there so many holes? Now, after a lot of investigation and a lot of help, found out that it was bandicoots. What? Bandicoots apparently a bit of a problem. We for... have bandicoots in Bundaberg? Yeah, well, there's Bundaberg bandicoots. They're getting around. They're digging holes. They're being little pests. Bundaberg bandicoots of Bagara. Yeah. Now, Beautiful. people have just said, look, that's all it can be. Um, that's There's nothing else. But I, it's nothing I digress. I digress. Mm. I say that there is a huge list of things that it could potentially be. So if you've got holes in your yard, yeah. don't straight away blame the bandicoots. Okay. It couldn't be them. Because here's my list of potential other options. <laughs> Option number one, people doing skids on their scooters in your yard. <laughs> possible. Don't take it there. Come I've, on, guys. I've had it. Be it's, better. It happens. Uh, number two, miss it golf balls, especially <laughs> around the Bagara area. Especially around Bossman Bedford. I've seen a guy in the neighbor's backyard hitting a golf ball out. And yes, also Bossman Bedford, we played out at Coral Cove. He hit it in a bloke's backyard. Again! The bloke come out with his shirt off. I'm like, oh, Bossman's about to get towed up here. The bloke was friendly as, just wanted to have a chat. But the dog's, <laughs> the bloke's dog bit, oh. <laughs> bit the Bossman. So, oh, wow. Anyway. Story for another time. I told the whole thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> my final one. Yeah. Holes in your yard could be caused by turtles. Once they once they allow these five-story buildings to be set up on the coast of Bagara, yeah. God knows where they'll be going. What else has been happening this week with JB and Jules on Bundy's Triple M? Should sport be played on religious holiday? This is after the announcement of the NBL, the Basketball League, announcing they will play a night game, Sydney Kings hosting Melbourne United on Christmas Day. Yeah, now this is a big thing over in the States. They do it with the NBA where a heap of the teams all play and it's become a part of the tradition over in America where they'll get up, do the breakfast, do the ham and Mm -hmm. and then they'll watch the game later. So um, I guess the NBL's adapted this here in Australia, but... Will it work? I think it's a great idea. I love the idea of sport any day, but I'm a sport fan. So does it actually align? Is it feasible when it comes to getting people to work? There's a few questions. Is it disrespectful? We've got other days of the year that we celebrate or we say, no, let's avoid it. Should we play on Good Friday? So the question we are posing to you, Bundy, on one triple three five three: should sport be played on religious holidays? We've got Wayne here this morning. Hello. Yeah, hello. Hey, Wayne, what do you think? Should sport be played on these religious holidays? Yes. Yeah. Why are you on board? Um, because um, I was working in a coal mine and we had to work Good Friday, so what's the difference? Yeah, well, if you got to work, then why not the athletes? They're Absolutely. getting paid probably a darn side better. So fair point, Wayne. Appreciate the call, mate. 
Thank you. Good on you. We'll keep the calls rolling on one triple three five three. Should sport be played on public on uh, religious holidays? Hello, who have we got there? It's Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Morning, Mandy. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, not too bad. That's the way. Yeah, hey, I agree with this, this board on um, Christmas Day. Uh, everyone has a, the idea of a beautiful, amazing family Christmas lunch, but realistically, not every family experiences that. So, yeah, I go for it. Well, you raise Absolutely. another element because there's always talk every year that Christmas Day can be tough for some people that are alone and things like that. So, yeah. a nice distraction for that side Absolutely. of the equation, isn't it? And you look, I don't know what the percentage is, but, you know, like I said, um, you know, the ideal Christmas family lunch never, ever, yeah. It's only for a very small amount of families, and um, yeah, I'm one of the ones on the other end of it, so. That's a um, wonderful yeah. point, Mandy. I didn't, did not even think no. of that, which shows me just being a bit obnoxious about it. So I appreciate the call, and thank you. That's a really good point. Okay, guys, have a good day. You too. We'll take another one on one triple three five three. Hello, who have we got there? Uh, you got Sheree. I'm currently on my way to work. I'm a, uh, a carer. So oh. I'm literally ringing up about um, sports on Christmas Day. Yeah, what do you reckon? Um, we used to play cricket on Christmas Day. Every Christmas. We used to get out the cricket bat and the ball and the whole family go out and we play a game after lunch. Yeah, well, so you make it a celebration with the family. No, I love that, but I suppose Pretty when much. it comes to professional sport on the TV, it might be a bit different. What do you think about that? Actually, no, because that day is going outside after a big stomach. We can just watch it on the TV. <laughs> That's right. They're We're doing still all the work. technically <laughs> participating. Good on you. JB and Jules, secret sound. What's that sound? Thanks to Bundaberg Toyota, Bundy's number one car supermarket with a massive range of over 300 cars to choose from. Jules, on the show, promised a secret sound clue exclusively for the podcast. So, podcasters, feast your ears on this, baby. This one is for you. This We'll give it away, so you're lucky you're listening. Your clue for the secret sound is I'm not all positive. I'm not all positive. Oh. I'm not all positive. Use that with the other clues. That means that there's Make sure more than one side show. to me. What was the other one? I'm not saying the others. No, what were the other clues again? <laughs> Stay a while. Stay a while. Let me out. Let me out. I'm not all positive. Okay. It's a uh, battery-operated cat in a cage. That is the secret sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, there's your exclusive. Back to the podcast. They're different, but they're ours. <laughs> JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy. Mentioned this yesterday, uh, later on, on in the show, about uh, the Kokoda Challenge. This is a crazy feat, and people in Bundaberg have done it. Yeah, 22 and a half hours. Um, they do it in the sunny coast, Gold Coast, Brisbane sort of areas, and they did it in the sunny coast, Tinterland, and Basically, it's as close to doing the Kokoda Trail as you can without actually doing the Kokoda Trail. And yep. a few of our local SES members did it, including Kieran, who joins us right now. How are you doing, Kieran? Good, thank you, mate. Tell- he sounds exhausted. <laughs> Tell- when did you finish the challenge, first of all? Uh, so we finished at 9.45 on Sunday morning uh, after starting at 11 o'clock Saturday morning. Oh, incredible. And you're just ch- charging through. Now, the Kokoda Trail is obviously known for its muddy, hilly type thing. How was it in the sunny coast, Tinterland? Do you reckon they matched it all right? 
Yeah, they matched it very, very closely. Uh, with all the condensation and the cold weather that we've been having, <laughs> she was some very muddy, slippery conditions in some of the locations. And the terrain and the hills, uh, you don't expect what you're walking into. And, yeah, they were some challenging situations. Kieran, I can imagine not only physically but mentally challenging. What did you think was the most difficult part of the trek itself? One of the biggest parts of the track is that mental lethargia that the fatigue kicks in and the demand on the body getting up those inclines. You just keep pushing on to get through it. And after 22 hours, it gets to a point that you go, do I want to keep going? But your motivation just keeps pushing you that no, we're here to do it. We're going to get through it. And the support crews that you have as part of your team that meet you at the checkpoints, they continuously motivate you. The fellow teams that are out competing, even though you've never met them before, they're all cheering each other on, all pushing each other, and they all assist each other to make sure you do get through it. It's an amazing atmosphere. Yeah, now I I think it's a third of the participants didn't actually finish it. How yeah. close did you get to, to tapping out? Uh, so we had one of our team of four that unfortunately uh, had to withdraw due to a knee injury. Um, but we did assess it after our 30 kilometres and we went, do we want to keep going or do we want to pull out? But the last three of us, we just went, no, nah, we're here to do it. Let's mm-hmm. push through. We've come this Incredible. far. Now, I guess the last and most obvious question, Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I'm not the most fittest of people. I'm certainly not. Um, but it's for a good cause. So the proceeds go to the Kakoda Youth Foundation, which is basically generating uh, educational programs for disadvantaged youth. And as we are SES, we're always there for people in need. And this is a program and an event that does the same thing. It's there for our youth. So it's a good program for the community yeah. and that's what we're out there for as well, SES and we want to do whatever we can to support and assist our communities in times of need. There's you're just some legend. special people out there, aren't there? Good on you, Kieran. You're an absolute legend. Well done. You did it and you're booked back in for next year. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be coming back next year. <laughs> oh, all right. You'll have to bring us live uh, exclusive updates oh throughout God, yes. the trek next year. But good on you, Kieran. Appreciate your time this morning and, uh, no and keep up the good work, mate. No worries. Thank you. They're different, but they're ours. JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy. Um, a headline that has hit national news, it's a, it's a big headline and it hits us right here in Bundaberg, is of course the news that Isaac Cooper has been sent home for disciplinary reasons and will not take part in the 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. I was shocked when I saw this, but then I was also confused. There was a lot of information and sort of different stories about this. So what actually has gone down? Now, uh, Swimming Australia have remained pretty tight-lipped, but um, basically what's happened is this. He's been sent home and... And what, what the team have been doing is they were at the uh, the national titles not long ago yep. uh, overseas, and then they'll go to Birmingham in just a matter of weeks. So there was only a small stopover. So Swimming Australia went, we're not going to send them all home. So they set up a bit of a home base. Nice. In, you might be able to say this properly, Chartres. Chartres. Oh, in France. In France. Mm. Chartres. Oh, la, la. So they set up a bit of a home base, and it was told that the Australian swimming team, they could get up to whatever they like. They'd obviously stick to a pretty good training schedule, but 
they were basically free reign to do what they like. Now, um, obviously, they've all been hanging out, making friends, exploring, Gee. having a good time. Living but their best life. Then it's hit the press release 6 a.m. on Tuesday uh, saying, and this Swimming Australia did this press release after they found out News Corp was making inquiries into this matter. Mm-hmm. But the spokesperson for Swimming Australia basically said, Cooper has been sent home from the Dolphins training camp following some well-being challenges, including the use of medication. Oh. So that's what he said. Uh, went on to say he has acknowledged his mistakes and accepted the consequences and Swimming Australia will continue to support him as he addresses these challenges. Now, he's heading home, obviously shattered Birmingham. Absolutely. It's what he's, we spoke to him like 18 months ago and it was his key focus. So yeah. it's, um, it, it's absolutely Devastating to see him with the Commonwealth Games starting in what a week within a week. Yep. Um. Obviously horrible. So, but th- it's understandable, right? If you are using medication that you're not supposed to, you should be kicked out, or there should be consequences, right? Yeah. But I guess when it comes to a national athlete, like for us, yep. we've spoken to him. Yep. We see him as an 18 year old kid. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I so, couldn't believe how well-spoken he was. Even at 17, the head on his shoulders that he had yeah. for a young kid going going to these incredible adventures with so much passion, so much determination. I was really impressed by but him. But in saying that, if he's done the wrong thing, the way the way Swimming Australia stayed tight-lipped, it, it, it can come across like they're, they're protecting him. So I'm not sure mm. what the info is. But do you think the Australian public, when it comes to someone representing our country, do you think yep. the Australian public has a right to know exactly what's they, happened? They deserve to know, but it sounds like there isn't all the detail right now. No, well, that's well, that's what it said. Uh, well-being challenges, including the use of medication. So Disciplinary reasons? Like, yeah. what does that mean? Are there other people involved in this story? Is it just him? What is the situation? Well, part of me, one part of my heart goes, leave him alone, bugger mm. it. He's obviously gotten in a little bit of trouble. He's done something that he's, well, they're essentially his bosses. They've said that's a no go. Yep. And you, you need to be disciplined and that's the end of it. Yep. Let him move on from it. Don't let his name be tarnished. The other side of it goes, Hey, you're an Australian athlete. I know you're young, I know you're mm. a really nice young fella. Yes. But you're representing our country. So if you're doing the wrong thing, you the public has up. a right to know. So I'm I'm stuck between two different feelings, I guess. Well, but... I dare say he's not going to be speaking to us anytime soon. No, we well, we need to respect that and need yep. to give him his time. So uh, we wish Isaac Cooper all the best and we hope that that this can disappear from national headlines pretty mm. soon and that um, the next time we're talking about Isaac, it's about him winning gold mm-hmm. or representing us the way we know he can. So all the best to you, Isaac, and the family. What else has been happening this week with JB and Jules on Bundy's Triple M? Oh, JB, I've got to bring the mood down. Uh, why are you doing that? I'm sorry, but it's the news. There's a little bit of heads up. There's going to be a strike across the country for the early educators. <laughs> um, yeah, perfect song for it. So early, so childcare centres. Childcare centres, the early learning educators, they are yeah. essentially going on a nationwide strike Wednesday, September the 7th. September the 7th. Put it in your diary. Okay. Yeah, um, okay. If you have little ones, if you're around little ones, if you know uh, friends, family that work in the childcare sector, um, it's essentially to fight for better pay and better conditions. Early learning educators are trying to stand their ground that day. So nationwide. Is there like uh, a 
like a union, a union yeah. for all the educators that are pushing for this. Essentially, the uni- union has seen a record number of people leaving the industry. We know COVID has been incredibly tough yeah. to get through it. Um, a lot of people relying on the childcare sector, and I guess they don't want to be taken advantage of. And I guess we've also seen that in the hospital space too, in healthcare. People have gone, we've been pushed to the limit. Yeah. Now we need to stand up, see improved wages, conditions. Otherwise, we're going to risk burnout in the workforce and lose these incredible people. And we know there's so many amazing ones here in Bundy. So there is going to be marches staged throughout the country on that day. And part of me is like, good, we're publicising it. We're getting prepared so that if you do need to send a, a child off to childcare, you can't do it that day, make other arrangements. Yeah. But then the other part of me is like, well, isn't the whole point not to have it planned? Yeah, well, that's, that's sort of it. Um, and while well, with early, with childcare educators, you can't overstate the importance that they have. Like totally. They're, they're, they're some of the first people outside of the parents to, to start bringing up a child. So they're, they're critical. And there has always been a lot of talk about the lack of pay in that industry. Mm. So um, I haven't read the ins and outs, so I can't say whether they have a, a, a fair point. But uh, I do find it Hilarious how far out we planned strikes. So I, I, back in the day, it was uh, everyone planned underground. So yeah, then yeah. no one rocked up. And Guerrilla the big movement. Boss, big bosses were in their suits going, oh, no, what's going on? And we that's better how pay we them. create change, right? Yeah, but now it's, all right, September 7th, lock in your diaries. Wednesday, make sure everyone. you contact the grandparents if need be. Yeah, yeah. So Well, it's good for the parents and stuff, <laughs> but I, I'll do this right now, actually. Um, mm. Three weeks' time, yep. boss man Bedford, I am planning a sickie oh, on good. that Friday. Yep. So just so you know. Thank you. I will be sick on that day. That's it for now. Catch JB and Jules weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. on Triple M Bundy or subscribe here to get all the best bits.